0: Is it time for the Tennessee Titans to tank? We talk about that and so much more. coming up next on this episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked on NFL, your daily NFL podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker. I'm the host of Locked on Ravens and also one of the many NFL experts here on our network. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube. And thank you so much for making Locked on NFL your first listen each and every day. Today's episode of Locked on NFL is brought to you by Game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute ticket's lowest price. Guaranteed. We're here bringing you the biggest storylines from across Sunday's NFL action in week six. And we have a bunch to talk about, some crazy games, some wild endings. We're first going to start with the London game, the Tennessee Titans losing losing to the Baltimore Ravens in week six. We're going to be talking with Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans about if it's time for the Titans To tank, So that's a big storyline. Then we'll move over to John Butchko of Locked On Jets. The Jets take down Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles in a crazy, wacky game. We'll talk with John about that one. Then we'll talk with David Harrison of Locked On Commanders about what to make of this Commanders team that picked up a big win over the Atlanta Falcons in Week 6. So without any further ado, let's first get into our conversation with Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans. Tennessee Titans lose to the Baltimore Ravens abroad in week 6, 24-16. to 16. Here to talk about that and what it means for the long-term prospects of this Titans season is Tyler Rowland, the host of Locked On Titans. And Tyler, I know that this was a pretty big game for the Titans, all things considered, especially when it just comes to assessing where they are as a team, where they are as a franchise. They dropped this one. They made an effort at the end to come back and win it, but it just wasn't enough. What's the mood for you and the mood for Tennessee right now about this team?
1: Well, I, I my big takeaway from it is through six weeks, it's obvious that this team is not a good team. Where the before you look at the Titans, ah, oh, they're not a great team. They're a good team, you know what I mean? This team is not a good team. The offensive line isn't good enough. The wide receivers don't create enough separation. The quarterback play from Ryan Tannehill at 35 years old isn't enough to elevate those around him. Tannehill has always been more a product of his environment more than a guy who can kind of elevate those around him. So you don't get that from Tannehill. You don't have a good offensive line or a good cast of pass catchers around him. And the offense simply isn't good enough. The defense, who some thought could be great, is just good. It's just a good defense. And they make their plays throughout the game to keep the Titans in it. Did really well holding the holding the Ravens to field goals in the red zone. That was, that was something the Titans' defense should hang their hat on. Got a turnover that turned into a touchdown for the Titans. The defense played generally okay, but the Titans just do not have enough talent, especially on offense, but across the board, to really be a team like they've been over the last few years where they're just physical and find ways to win. They just don't have the talent to be that now
0: and this is a two and four football team and you're right. This is not early in the season anymore. We're now entering the midway Mm -hmm. portion It's still a little early. So do you think that for the Titans, this is a team that should start selling off pieces. Is it time for a coaching change, a quarterback change? What are your next steps for Tennessee now?
1: Well, number one, I think a coaching change is off the table. I think we saw last year when the Titans fired, then general manager, John Robinson, that the ownership blames the roster much more than they blame the coaching and I agree with that as well I, I think Mike Vrabel is a, a fine coach but he deserves time to see what kind of roster Rand Carthon can build because at the end of the day it goes back to my first point this team doesn't have talent the former general manager missed on a first round offensive tackle missed on a first round cornerback missed maybe on a first round wide receiver and Traylon Burks who just can't stay on the field so, where do the Titans need help the most? They need a wide receiver, they need an offensive lineman, they need a defensive back. Like and, and they don't have it. So I think ownership sees that this roster was treated poorly and wasn't stocked the right way by the former general manager, who they blamed when they fired him. So I think Vrabel deserves more time. But as for a quarterback, I think going again, it's a full circle conversation of this team is not good. Maybe the Titans win a couple games and eke out a playoff spot in a seven field or a seven team field. Maybe the Titans capitalize on injuries and the general blindness of the AFC South and get a playoff spot. That maybe at nine and eight. Eight and nine maybe. But what is that doing for the future when the Titans have a 35-year-old quarterback in Ryan Tannehill? It does nothing. All right. So the Titans need to, whoever they want it to be, Malik Willis has been the backup quarterback. Malik Willis Came into the game today. If they want to see Malik first, then play Malik. If they want to see Levis first, then play Levis. Either way, play a young quarterback going forward so you can get some answers about your future at the position. And if both of them are awful, then you're in position to draft another quarterback and and try again until you can find that guy. So I don't think that the Titans, maybe that's something we could talk about here. But I don't think the Titans will take that approach. And I think an answer from Mike Vrabel after the game kind of told us that. But that's the approach the Titans should be taking if they really want to be serious about getting better as quickly as possible.
0: Well, yeah, let's get into it then. Because I know the Titans, this is their bye week coming up. They opted for the bye after London. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for a lot of teams, one of the times that you could make a change like that would be Mm -hmm. during the bye week. Is there any better time than now if the Titans were to do that then this week seven by or is there another point in the season where you just say, all right, you have to see what some of the young guys got because the season is lost?
1: Yeah, I I, I think you absolutely have to do it now because what you have to do is and let's obviously throw this in here. Tannehill was injured. Tannehill got hurt in the game. Bad ankle. He had an ankle injury last year. So, you know, it's not like the Titans are just deciding to go with the young quarterback and tanking or whatever you want to say. The Titans are probably going to have to play one of these young guys. So either way, throughout this bye, they need to construct the offense and plan the offense as if they are going with whichever young quarterback they want to go with. I think it will be Malik Willis, and in Mike Vrabel's eyes, he's earned the first opportunity. But the Titans need to build this offense around Malik Willis to give Malik Willis the best opportunity to succeed, see if they're able to win a game out of a bye against an Atlanta Falcons team that is beatable. Titans are going to have the the Oiler jerseys on and all of this. They need to try to win that football game. See if Malik Willis with Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins and maybe Traylon Burks back and uh, see if he can do it. If he can't, they lose a couple games in a row. Now it's time to trade the pieces. Now it's time to field calls. Now it's time to see if these teams want to make their playoff push. If they could use a Derrick Henry on a one-year contract. If they could use DeAndre Hopkins on a basically a one-year, two-year contract. If they could use a Denico Autry as a veteran pass rusher, or a Kevin Byard a veteran safety, the Titans have to see if they can win games with the young quarterbacks. If they can't, then they got to be serious about where they're at and kind of start to, you know, move things around. And right now, as you said, the bye week, having the bye right here, coming home from London at two and four, now is the time. But Mike Vrabel said after the game against the Ravens, he said, "I don't think right now, you know, is the time to ask whether it's Malik or Will. I think it's time to ask what's Ryan's status." So Mike Vrabel is gonna say, hey, 2019, we were two and four, and we came back and made it to the AOC championship game. He's gonna sell that to these veterans on this team and sell it to the media. But a QB change isn't walking through that door. Arthur Smith isn't walking through that door. AJ Brown isn't walking through that door. A competent offensive line is not walking through that door. This is not the 2019 roster, and the Titans would be fools to allow that dream in their mind, make them stick with Tannehill and
0: and this vision going forward. It's an interesting situation for the Titans to be in right now with their bye week. We'll see if they decide to make a change or not. But right now they're a two and four football team with a lot more questions than answers. And for more on Tyler's work, check him out over at the Locked On Titans podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in the second part of the show, we'll be talking with John Butchko about that huge Jets win over the Philadelphia Eagles. So be sure to stay tuned for that plane to get to unlocked on NFL. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. And there are a lot of times where I've had a lot of trouble finding tickets, and there have been frustrating ticket-buying experiences for me. Sometimes I wasn't sure if the seats were good. Other times I couldn't find last-minute tickets. Sometimes there aren't any good deals. But you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. GameTime is the fastest and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And they have killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And the GameTime app is really easy to use. It's simple. And there are a lot of things to like about it. They have last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, plus they have views from all seats in the specific venue, and they have a lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection and more. GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you a complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, which is huge, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Plus, all in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without any of those crazy hidden fees. You can buy tickets in seconds with two taps, and GameTime is obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts, which is Amazing. It's the place to find last minute seats. Plus, you can find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, and so much more. And whether you're looking for NFL tickets, maybe you're looking for MLB playoff tickets, NBA starting up soon, Game Time has all that, plus those concerts that are going on all around the U.S. right now and the world with zone deals, you can pick a section and game time picks the seeds for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section for in row for less. Game time will create you 110% of the difference. Take the guess we're gonna buy tickets with game time. Down the game time app, create an account, use code lockdownfl for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code at locked on NFL spelled L O C K E D O on NFL for twenty dollars off. Download game time today. last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. And this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And if you're looking for daily fantasy sports, look no further than prize picks. Prize picks is so much fun. It's the most fun so many have had winning up to 25 times their money this football season. And all you have to do is select two or more players. Pick more or less on the projected stats and place your entry. Prize Picks is super simple to play too. You can make your picks over there and submit your entries in less than sixty seconds. And this week's on Prize Picks, maybe you went and selected Patrick Mahomes on that Thursday night game for more than his total yards or more than his total touchdowns. Maybe a guy like Stephon Diggs, you took more on yards there. Saquon Barkley coming back from his injury, maybe you took less. On his projected yard total, prize picks offers leaky promotions too that can lead to big pass like Tacos Tuesday, which is awesome. Use Tuesday price picks discount select player projections up to 25% provide even more value. Plus, with the prize picks reboot policy, it's really interesting. Your entries actually stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So, for NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player that exits the game in the first half and doesn't actually return in the second, that player is rebooted, and Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. So go to PricePicks.com slash lockdown on and use code lockdown on for first person the to match up to $100. Again, that's PricePicks.com slash lockdown on Use code lockdown on FL for first person about to match up to $100. Price Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. We're back here. Our second part of Locked On NFL coming to you on Monday. Kevin O'Shreiker still talking with you. here. Thank you so much for tuning into Locked On NFL and making us your first listen each and every day. Plus, I want to tell you the football season is obviously here and in full swing, and Locked On is kicking up coverage of Locked On NFL kickoff live each Friday. Locked On will go live at two p.m. Eastern on every single Locked On NFL YouTube channel. And they'll break down every game on an NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, betting angles, and so much more. So find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern time on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. We talked with Tyler Rowland in the first part of the show about the Titans and if it's time to tank. But the Jets, on the other hand, picking up a huge win over the Philadelphia Eagles. we we'll talk with John Butchko of Locked On Jets now about what it means for the Jets and what it could mean for their upcoming slate of games after their bye week. Well, the New York Jets coming off of a big win against the Denver Broncos. They do it again, this time against the Philadelphia Eagles. Their defense sets up the offense for a game-winning score. Here to talk about that with me is John Butchko, the host of Locked On Jets. And John, I know last week we talked about that big win over the Broncos, but the Philadelphia Eagles are an entirely different beast Super Bowl representatives in the NFC. You have Jalen Hurts on that sideline, but he throws three interceptions to this Jets defense that did not have a couple of key playmakers. How did you expect this game to go based off how it actually went for
2: him? It was a really weird game. I, I was not expecting it to, to go like this. Um, as I was watching it, I just kept saying, you know something? The Eagles are missing chances to put the Jets away I mean they had dropped passes they had it was one touchdown where AJ one potential touchdown where AJ Brown just kind of stopped like slowed down for some reason and it was it should have been an easy touchdown for Philadelphia I just said you know what the Eagles keep letting the Jets hang around this game's there for the taking and you know you had to figure out a way to bank wins when things aren't necessarily going your way the Jets did not play a great game on the offensive side of the ball um you know on the, like I said the Eagles gave them opportunities. It was I, going in, I didn't think the Jets could win if the Eagles played their A game. Philadelphia obviously did not, which kind of opened the door. And I feel like NFL seasons sometimes come down to a couple plays here or there. You know sometimes you get a couple sometimes you make a couple plays and it sets a team that maybe didn't have high expectations up for a surprising run. The reverse is also true. I've seen that a lot through the years for the Jets, where they lose a game in October or November. It just kind of sends them into a tailspin. Um, you know it's kind of interesting. Heading into this game, I had a very different view from the Denver game a week ago. I remember we, we actually spoke about it after the Denver game, where I said that was a game the Jets needed to save their season. They could not fall to one and four heading into this Philadelphia game. I viewed it. I viewed this game differently. I viewed this as an opportunity for the Jets because the first six weeks heading into this season, even when Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback, it was always about surviving them. It was always about not going one and five, not going zero oh and six. The general expectation was if the Jets can get to the by 3-3, three and three, then they're in really good shape because the schedule starts to open up. The Jets took advantage of that. The Jets got to 3-3 three and three with this win. And more than that, they now have a win over Buffalo and a win over Philadelphia. So this is a team that's playing to the level of its competition. And when they face elite teams, the only exception is Week 2 against Dallas, they are standing up and playing well. Even the game they lost to Kansas City, they got off to a terrible start in the first quarter, down 17-0, but they really dominated the rest of that game. This is a team that's showing it can punch above its weight class. It can hang with anybody. And to
0: me, I think this was a game where Zach Wilson, yes, wasn't the best day for him under 200 yards passing at 186 over half of that or about half of that went to Garrett Wilson, but he didn't have an interception. He essentially didn't give the Eagles a chance off of a turnover to go out there and score points. And it was just enough Do you think that Zach Wilson has given the Jets enough so far in his starts, especially after these two big wins back-to-back?
2: Well, you can't question the results. They are 3-3. and Now, I think there's. I might give you a different answer if the question is, will this be enough going forward? I don't think that this is a sustainable formula for the Jets. I mean, I don't think you can count on getting four turnovers. I mean, that happened against Buffalo as well. Jets defense is really good, but you can be a great defense. You're not going to force four turnovers every week. And I think we, I mean that we were a couple plays away. I mean we were the we were one Philadelphia first down away from being the number one storyline in New York for the next two weeks because the Jets are heading into their bye. Zach Wilson not doing enough to win win the game. Uh, like you said, he did not make mistakes. They got enough out of him in this one. Will it be enough going forward? No. The Jets are going to need to get more out of their offense, and I think that begins at the quarterback position. But you know you don't take wins off the board. I think one of the reasons this this is so significant is it was a very weird game. Not not really a conventional path to victory for the Jets, but at the end of the day, this win counts on the standings for the rest of the year. It's all about banking wins in this league. I mean, I've said this a lot on Locked On Jets over the last couple of weeks. Give me an ugly win over a beautiful loss any day of the week, because this is a team that hasn't made the playoffs since 2010. That's the number one goal this year, is end that drought. And now they're three and three. And in the NFL these days, you don't have to be a great team to make the playoffs. Top seven in each conference make it. So, Seven out of 16, I think that's doable for the Jets going forward, but I think they will need a higher level of play for Zach Wilson.
0: Right, and then you you look at their schedule. You mentioned it, the bye week is coming up now, but then you have the Giants, the Chargers, and the Raiders before some divisional games against the Bills and the Dolphins. You mentioned the schedule opening up. With a win like this against a team like the Eagles, you mentioned the Buffalo win early in the season too. Coming out of the bye where they'll hopefully be a little healthier as well. Are you confident that the Jets could maybe start to string a couple more wins together before we get to that divisional part of the season in the middle of November?
2: Certainly the hope. Now, I I would be remiss if I didn't mention that the Jets lost to New England a couple weeks ago. So this is a team that's very much played to the level of its competition this year. They played three games against perceived elite teams. They're two and one. And the one loss was a game against Kansas City where they played some great football for long stretches in that one. Uh, You know, this is all the hallmarks of a classic inconsistent team, a classic middle-of-the-pack team, but that's right now. And I wonder, you know, does this win give the Jets confidence? Because I think confidence plays a big role. Sometimes, you know, a team that's maybe not the most talented roster in the NFL, they just get on a roll, and they start playing well, and they just start stringing the wins together. So there's every opportunity. I mean, you look at the rest of the rest of the schedule, really the only games that I look at and say these are going to be big problems are the two games they have left against the Miami Dolphins. Even Buffalo, who I think is a very good team, the Jets have probably played them better than any team has in the NFL the last two years. They beat them at home. They beat them, they beaten them at home the last two years. And even that game in Buffalo a year ago, they gave Josh Allen a lot of problems. I'm not saying the Jets are ne- necessarily going to go up to Orchard Park and win, but I don't think that's a game that's an automatic loss based on the way they've played Buffalo. So I think there's a lot of reason for optimism with this football team right now. They got through the tough part of the schedule, you know, and it's the other thing I'll say is that. We always look at the schedule at the beginning of the season, and sometimes things don't play out exactly as we expect. Sometimes we teams that we don't think are going to be very good end up being better than we expected, and vice versa. I think the preseason expectations on the Jets' schedule are pretty accurate. If you look at the quality of the teams over the 17 games, it still looks like the toughest stretch was this first six-week stretch, and things really start to get easier going forward.
0: John gives us the great Jets insight. For more on John's work, check him out over the Locked On Jets podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We still have a lot to get to on Locked On NFL. Coming up in the final part of the show, David Harrison, Locked On Commanders, will join us as we talk about what to make of this Washington Commanders team at 3-3, three three. so be sure to stay tuned. A lot to get to on Locked On NFL. But first, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stage wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps to find the right people for your team faster and for free. And for me, I've had a lot of success, whether it's looking for jobs for myself or sending things to my friends and family. LinkedIn's been really, really good. Plus, it's really easy to use LinkedIn and create a free job post over overall the jobs. All you have to do is add your job on the profile hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. There are simple tools you can use as well as reading questions, Make it super easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience to so quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. And it's also really important to both start and end the year strong and the right team member might be able to help you do that. That's my small business rent right, lineage job number one, and delivering quality hires for sitting competitors LinkedIn job fine qualified candidates you want to talk to you fast. Push your job free at slash lockdown NFL. LinkedIn. dot com slash lockdown to push your job for free. Terms conditions apply. We are back, rounding out lockdown NFL. Kevin O'Stryker still talking with you here. Thank you again for being here, and you'd be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Follow along in audio form. It's the same show in audio and video, so you're not missing out either way. We're gonna talk with David Ericsson and locked on commanders now because the commanders pull out a big one over the Atlanta Falcons, forced Desmond Ritter to put up some big fourth quarter turnovers that turn the tides in this one. We'll talk with David about what to make of this commander team at three and three with Sam Howell at the helm now. Well, the Washington Commanders pull out a big win over the Atlanta Falcons in week six, 24 to 16. Here with me to talk about that is the host of Locked On Commanders, David Harrison. And David, this was a game where we saw Desmond Ritter throw three interceptions to that commander's defense. Sam Howell Mm -hmm. throw three touchdowns. How did the commanders pull this game out and pick up a big win on the road?
3: Yeah, you know, it's it's a tale of two halves, right? And a lot of games go that way. But in the first half, uh, the Washington Commanders offense did some good things, you know, got a field goal on their first drive of the game. Uh, We're able to put 17 points up before half. But then they came out in the second half and, you know, the the way I perceive it, when I haven't watched, obviously I haven't watched the All-22 yet, but just watching uh, the game broadcast, like the way I perceive it is they were trying to go for the jugular in the second half. They are trying to get that home run shot, try to get that, you know, demoralizing, you know, 60-yard bomb to Terry McLaurin or whatever. And it just wasn't working. And the in the end, result was the Atlanta Falcons were getting Sam Howell. Sam Howell was holding the ball too long. Uh, and you end up, the, the comparison I use is, through four drives in the second half, the Commanders had run 14 offensive plays. In their first drive of the game, they ran 12. So that's the difference in pace coming out of the locker room in the second half. And then that really kept the Atlanta Falcons in it. You know what I mean? And all the way down into the fourth quarter, it's a one score game. Um, and two interceptions in that second half, essentially keep the Falcons from from executing a comeback.
0: And I mentioned Sam Howell, those three touchdowns. How was your assessment of him through six weeks, been because the Commanders obviously made yep. it a point to commit to him this season and hopefully beyond if it works out. So, have your expectations been in line with what has happened on the field, or has it been right. better or worse?
3: So, here's here's my assessment of Sam Howell and, and Cowboys fans. My Twitter handle is at d harrison eighty two. I think Sam Howell is the second best quarterback in the NFC East behind Jalen Hurts. Now, I think that's in potential. I don't think it's an execution. The only thing that's keeping Sam Howell from being that really an execution. Is that he's holding the ball too long. And that's a classic young quarterback thing. And when you watch Sam Howell back in North Carolina, and when you talk to, you know, even his 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 old offensive coordinator, quarterback coach in North Carolina, Phil Longo, who's now with the Wisconsin Badgers, told me during the draft process, told me after he was selected, we've had a couple conversations on the side. That's who he is to a certain extent because he's a competitor. He wants the he wants to keep the play alive so that his guys can get open so he can get them the ball. Like it's all about facilitating for his teammates. Even though sometimes we look at a quarterback that holds the ball too long, it's like, dude, you just can't get over yourself. No, it's he's he's trusting his teammates are going to get open. And what he doesn't want to do is throw the ball away. And right as he does that, he sees a guy get open and says, oh, man, I could have had you. You know what I mean? And that's it's going to take some time for him to get to the point where he understands you need to fight for the next down. And you need to go ahead and throw it away or run because he has some mobility uh, to him and he's getting better at it. But there are just kind of key moments like third and long is a real is a real big one. If it's third and long and that throws not there almost immediately, you kind of know Sam's going to hold the ball for a little bit. Um, if it's last two minutes of the half, you know what I mean? It, it, it's those classic situations. And it's almost like a smoker having to get over not lighting up after dinner. That's what he's going through. And he's going through it in real time with a lot of things flying at him. So it'll get better eventually. Once it does, like if he was already better there, I would make him the second best quarterback in the NFCs because that's what we've seen from him so far.
0: And there has been a lot of conversation about the sack numbers that Sam Howell has taken so far this season. I think some of that is directed at the offensive line. Would you attribute that to more of Sam Howell and him holding the football like you just talked about? Or have there been some offensive line issues?
3: There's definitely been offensive line issues. You know, I think anytime you look at quarterbacks, I think you go back to, you know, David Carr's career with the Houston Texans and how many times he got sacked. Some of that's him. Some of that's the line. Uh, That's always going to kind of be how it is but I think you know if you had to do a split I think you're probably going 60 40 Sam you know what I mean and honestly a lot of times when the offensive line gives up early pressure he's almost better Uh, and when the when the defense dials up blitzes he can read that really well so again it's 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 not an IQ thing and that's really kind of the comforting part of it right you know it's not an it's not a lack of ability it's not a lack of awareness it's just the the fact that he just needs to learn and understand the the importance of of getting rid of the ball when when that time comes.
0: And I know in the backfield last year, we were having a conversation about the splits between Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. But this is clearly Brian Robinson's backfield. How impressed or not have you been with him in the commanders running game so far this year?
3: So I'm incredibly impressed with Brian Robinson, right? And I, and I think I've said uh, on my show, you know, Terry McLaurin is the best player. Like when you look at this offense, Terry McLaurin is easily the best player on this on this offense, maybe on the entire team. Um, but I think the most effective player on this roster right now is Brian Robinson. When they run the ball with him, when they use him in the screen game, he is is incredibly effective, and he does things to the defense because he's a big guy. He can get downfield really quickly. Uh, He can get downhill really quickly, runs with physicality, punishes people at the point of attack. Uh, He does all those things, and he's a better receiver uh, than a lot of people give him credit for. And, you know, I think you saw that on the the 25-yard screenplay that he took for a touchdown. Like, the, the amount of acceleration, I promise you, there are Falcons defenders. Uh, well, they did see him last year, though, but there are Falcons defenders. If it's their first time seeing him, uh, like maybe Jesse Bates, he's like, oh, man, that dude's faster than he looked like he, he is on tape. You know what I mean? Um, the thing about that is Eric Bieniemy. he's been very clear. He is trying to accelerate Eric, er, uh, Sam Howell's development. And he said, you can't you don't develop by not giving reps. You only develop by giving reps. And I really think that the second half approach against the Atlanta Falcons of let's go for the neck. Let's go for deep shots. Let's go for the home run. Let's bomb them out of their own house part of that is developing Sam Howell and I think part of the reason Eric didn't go away from it when it clearly wasn't working after the first two or three drives of the first half or the second half was because he wants to get it working and uh you know the only way to get Sam Howell to learn how to make it work is to let him work out how to make it work so you know it's one of those things where because you won you're okay with the potential lessons but you also know like if you get to like wild card round divisional round playoffs like you can't that's that's not going to be the time to learn but again we're a long way away from that if they even make it there
0: Check out David's work over at the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, where he brings you that Commanders insight. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked On NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in. Coming up tomorrow, we'll be right back here with your Tuesday host. Make sure to stay tuned for that. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked On NFL.